Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for listening. Cat Jeff, welcome back from Cambodia. Today's guest is Tyler Zipperer. He is the founder and author of Biked Goods, bikedgoods.co, founded up in Summit County, Colorado. And what he is into is just simple, healthy recipes for cyclists. And even if you're not a cyclist, you need to check out these recipes. I, I hate going shopping. I love to cook. And Tyler's got a shopping list and recipes and menus. It's all structured. But what I thought we would just be talking about uh, the recipes and things like that. It was fascinating and inspiring to hear Tyler's story about him working with kids in Summit County, uh, getting them on the bike, doing uh, food donation programs, fundraisers, and just a really cool, chill individual. So take a look at the website when you're done listening. Uh, even if you don't buy the cookbook, maybe shoot a donation over. But enjoy this conversation with Tyler Zipperer from Biked Goods. What are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attend Juilliard. I'm a graduate of Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. You just don't know when to give up, do you? I need to do this all day. The Matt Sodnicker Podcast. That's all right. It's dogs. I mean, his name is in the cookbook too, so might as well as be part of the the show here too. (laughs) So I wanted to open the conversation by saying that um, the the bite goods cookbook, the shopping list, and the meal plan actually led me to reach out to get like a performance therapist coach, like actually a, a psychiatrist. Because what I've noticed about myself and despite like all my systems and trying to form better habits that I love the shopping list. I love the meal plan. I loved all that stuff. I I started tracking calories. I was seeing results. And my particular challenge in my life is making habits stick for like longer periods of time. Hmm. (laughs) And so I was really enjoying it. And the, the, the meal is just, it was so simple because of what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And then just how my brain works. I'm like, yeah, it's not new and shiny anymore, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's nothing to do with you. But mm-hmm. um, my first question is just how did biked goods come about, you know, your passion for, for, for cooking, for recipes, for performance. And um, yeah, I'm fascinated to know about that. Yeah, I think it started about probably three years ago when I was living in Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. I grew up in Wisconsin for most of my life. And then as I graduated college and then um, moved to Minneapolis, um, I think, you know, I I started getting into biking recreationally, bike to work. I picked up like a Raleigh Willard, which is like this adventure bike. Yeah. Um, slowly started getting into some other events like Bike MS 150. Um, and then I ultimately kind of uh, joined the cycling group in Minneapolis where I got into more of the endurance and kind of performance cycling aspects. So I think that was kind of just a natural draw because nutrition is, is a part of that whole world. But aside from that, at that time in Minneapolis, um, COVID hit. I s- started working remotely. I lived in like this tiny 1,000 square foot, I guess some might say that's tiny, uh, house, right? So I was in the home all the time. And I'm like, what the heck do I do with my time? So like a lot of people during COVID, they just picked up baking. And it was just sort of like this activity for me to like, get out of work and do something else more creatively. So this kind of just gave me that time to be creative, experiment. It also helped out with, you know, my cycling goals, um, nutrition wise and that, and I just like sharing it with my wife. I think that's really where it all started. So, um, made her happy 
And then I just started like documenting and creating new things, picking up new cookbooks, learning about nutrition along the way. And it just sort of slowly evolved from there where I had this whole logbook of recipes and started asking people, might they be interested in seeing them? And that's kind of how the whole evolution of, of Bike Goods unfolded. And then I formally started the company when I moved to Colorado. I'm in Breckenridge right now. So now it's an LLC. Um, started that way. I had a whole website, kind of e-commerce presence. I have an online free membership and then some other one-off products. So that's kind of what Bike Goods um, has come become since our today i was trying to track back to how we met was it either through instagram or was it an event i honestly couldn't piece it all together and that's probably just my poor memory and record keeping but i just remember seeing this and i was like yeah this is um i'm interested in this so Mm. um yeah it either could have been online on instagram um probably may have connected with you that way or you joined the baking bikers club uh that i have online which is where i post recipes weekly and then eventually you got word of that that winter meal plan that i put out that we were just talking about and um you told me you had a podcast we should look to connect (laughs) that's sort of how it unfolded yeah well and i'll speak to this with my own personal experience i remember uh, reading through the cookbook and looking at it and the origin point was probably mid January for me. And I got sick of, cause I've tried, um, like hello fresh for a while, which I loved. It was great when my daughter and I were together, but I have no portion control and no willpower and even doing like the, <laughs> the two person meals, yeah. it always turned into one. And, I remember getting your cookbook or reading through it. Again, I love the shopping list because that's where I go off the rails, right? Mm-hmm. It's just the the friction between that. And again, first world problems for me, like going to the grocery store is just pure torture. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I don't know where everything is. It's the organization. I just get lost in there. And then I just remembered how easy it was to just get this stuff, get it ready, a little bit of meal prep. And then I remember looking at the the weekly, the, the actual meal plan. And I was like, I'm going to starve to death. <laughs> Cause it looked like it was, you know, wait a minute. And then, but what I found out is simply by, for the first time in my life, I actually counted calories and was you know approximating with your recipes but then having better choices at hand as opposed to a bag of tortilla chips or you know opening a can of baked beans and just eat because like i needed calories and i had to get to a work meeting Mm -hmm. um i i really enjoyed how i felt i liked um that it was simple and i felt better um not that anybody cares but I paid Tyler for the cookbook. This is not a paid endorsement. And, you know, I was just looking through my uh, previous journal, you know, some of the, just the, you know, the feelings that, you know, I'm just, I wrote down, like, I'm thinking about how good I feel. And um, what else did I put down here? Um, yeah. And it just was a mindset thing for me. And I just, I wanted to, to tell you that because I don't know how many people write in and, and talk to you about that. I'm getting back on it next week. I've been traveling, but mm-hmm. just the, and again, talking to my therapist about how do I make these habits stick, but for what it accomplished, it was almost frictionless and things were tasty and um, like the, the muesli mix that you turn with the peanut butter and like the snack balls or whatever they're called. Like mm-hmm. that was great. So for me, I, I enjoyed it. So thank you. Nice work. Yeah. And I know you say no one cares, but I care. That's why I do what <laughs> I do. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Glad to hear that feedback. I think a few things that I heard from you, Matt would be first and foremost, feeling better. My kind of, um, I guess you'd say nutrition philosophy or kind of, you know, 
foods I like to eat. I like to keep it simple, keep it real food, real food, meaning apples, um, real, you know, whole foods that you would find, you know, that haven't been processed in a sense. Um, so I think first and foremost, like that, that helps, um, just from feeling better processed foods, anything in a package bag of tortilla chips, like you mentioned, (laughs) is going to slow you down. So, um, I think that that's my big focus, fruits, vegetables, nuts, um, seeds, legumes, or, or beans. Um, it's kind of my MO and then just keeping it simple yet fun and using some alternative ingredients people may not always be familiar with, but that's kind of sometimes the key and the fun part to keep it interesting and keep you going. And then I think from a habit standpoint, you know, a lot of people, you know, and I hear this can have, you know, it's a lot to ask someone to completely rehaul their diet or, set aside two to three hours to meal prep each week. Right. And for me, it's more about like nutrition's a lifestyle and it's about small steps that you take each day or you are like what you repeatedly do. Right. Mm-hmm. So to just provide those sort of quick, easy recipes, focus on real whole foods and kind of the ultimate goal yeah, is to um, make you feel good. And, Part of it too, you know, making stuff at home, making it homemade. I know it can be a lot at times for people. People are busy, but just the fact that you make something for yourself, it energizes you too. Same thing when I'm out there biking, I can make like the crappiest baked good snack. You know, it could be all mush in my back pocket, but you know what? I still eat it. It still tastes good. And it's just like a mental thing too. Like, yeah, I made that for myself. I fueled, you know, I helped push, you know, my pedals a little further with this snack. So it's all kind of those little things I think that may have helped you with what you're talking about. Um, that meal plan sort of digital recipe book. So yeah, glad, glad to hear it worked out for you. And that was the other part that I, I committed to was the, the natural food, right? The only thing that, you know, you had that came in packages was you know, oats and other stuff that just had to be sealed, but it wasn't processed. And, mm-hmm. um, and again, I just remember I had some business trips. I'm looking at my calendar here that you know, took me away and I was pondering, well, do I pack a cooler and, and do all <laughs> this stuff? And But the it was really just painless and I'm just a fan of it. And um, this the simplicity of it. And I, I look at the dog here in the house, right, because he gets two scoops in the morning, two scoops in the evening is in good shape. He knows when meals coming. And that was the other part too, is that it was a, a comprehensive program and it wasn't any powders or anything. It was just do this. Here's a snack. Here's another snack. Here's your meals. And then because I eliminated a lot of the, not uncertainty, but the variability in the schedule, I never was starving. And because I was eating better stuff, like here's an example, like I would usually, I do like uh, overnight oats or oatmeal, Mm -hmm. but the addition of the coconut oil was, um, that, that was a, a, or the coconut milk, that was a huge thing, just getting some more fat on board because I wasn't just burning through the carbs, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think uh, with everything that I make, especially when it comes to meals, balance is key. Um, that's why I don't just like, like you said, overnight oats. I like the muesli because you have mm-hmm. the added nuts and seeds hemp seeds. And then, you know, you put on top there, maybe some nut butter or anything like anything else like that with a little bit of fat and protein that builds that balanced meal for you. That's what's going to give you one, the energy that you need to sustain throughout the day. Um, but then the protein and the fat is going to keep you full, keep you saturated keep you happy. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's those things, especially, you know, when it comes to meals, Um, same thing can be said for snacks, depending on how you're using them. If they're using them as just a way to stay full before your next meal, that's the same sort of concept or idea, right? Like 
have some carbs in there, but also have a good balance of protein and fats to keep you full. Because if you're just reaching for that bag of tortilla chips, crackers, but <laughs> nothing else, guess what? You're going right back in there for bag number two. So um, it's a little different on the other hand, if you're eating snacks uh, before, during, or after um, like a cycling workout, then you definitely want it to be more carb focused. And that's where, you know, processed foods, even though you may think that I'm this like all natural kind of whole foods guy, like, yes, I eat processed foods. I eat, you know, things that come in wrappers, um, especially when they come to, to training time, whether that's before or, or during an event or training period, because that's what your body needs, um, at those times. So if you were from Minneapolis, you ever had Juicy Lucy's? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember going there back in my day. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I asked a woman that one time was from Minneapolis and I thought everybody knew about these hamburgers between Matt's and the 5.8. And mm-hmm. she actually asked me if that was like a naughty sex term. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> I thought everybody in Minneapolis knew about the Juicy Lucy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the one thing, dude, I got to admit, raw almonds just cannot get on board with those. They're something they taste a little bleachy to me. I just that's one thing that I just have not been able to work my way through or raw almonds. Hmm. But have you tried toasting them? No, just simple toast on a skillet. All right, I'll make See if that does anything for you. Okay, or just put a little maple syrup or something in the pan give it a little flavoring coating maybe that'll open it up for you so is there a recipe that you loved that everybody else hated that didn't make it into the cookbook (laughs) (laughs) oh let me think here so one matt i want to be straight because you're mentioning cookbook the one that you bought right yeah yeah, and then I have this one. I know oh. you can't see this, but this is the brand new physical print cookbook coming oh. out right here. So I just want to make make sure that we're on the same page on that front because um, there's another 40 recipes that went into that one. And yeah, right. there was some that didn't make it, but I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I think everything I make is good, right? So... <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I talk to friends and family a little bit about it, and sometimes they say I just don't, you know, I don't eat the way you do, or I don't like with some of the ingredients and, and things like that. But my, you know, I just want to open people's eyes a little bit and give them ideas. I don't want to tell them how to eat, or this is how much you should eat, or what of it. I just want to, like, you know, open their eyes a little bit, hopefully urge them to maybe try something new or give it a try, but then also, you know, give them some familiar things as well too, so that, you know, they slowly start making those changes. Cause I know with some of the things that, you know, I do eat or do encourage people to eat that it does have benefits to it. And in a sense, in one way or another. So, um, yeah, everyone's different. Everyone comes from different backgrounds, um, likes different things. So again, it's more kind of about the, the inspiration behind it and thinking of new ways to make food fun and enjoyable. Yeah, I can certainly testify to that. And the thing that opened my eyes that, you know, especially on the winter meal plan was cutting back on the the simple carbs and some of the complex carbs because we're not out or we're not as active in the winter. And mm-hmm. that to me was one of those revelations where I should know this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should know this by yeah. you know, being in cycling and, and you know, fitness adjacent for years and years and years. And I think about it every year at the time change in November and like, all right, we got to start making some changes here. And usually the diet plan stays the same. The activity Mm -hmm. level goes down, the weight starts going up. And I was like, Oh, why? Yeah. I have to make adjustments because we're not in Southern California. It's not 75 all the time. And despite having a fat bike and cyclocross and all that. Just, I need to adjust what goes in because a lot more inside time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think what I, what I pointed out in that meal plan is a little more, um, 
fats and I guess you would say just like heavier foods, right? Like our body kind of goes into hibernation mode during that time and our bodies do work seasonally, especially for us. Like I grew up in Wisconsin, there's Minneapolis, you know, now I'm in Colorado, a little bit more sun than than the Midwest, but our bodies need different things at different times, just naturally, whether you're in sport or not. But then even, you know, we go through our sort of training periods too, from early season to full season and then fall and winter come around. They, they need to go through those processes too, um, just to kind of rejuvenate and, you know, get our bodies, you know, back in, um, you know, the way they're supposed to operate. So that's, that's part of the reason why you're encouraged to eat more food, say like, I can't exactly recall everything I had on there, but you know, chocolates in there, you know, (laughs) obviously we just kind of crave those darker, rich kind of foods during the winter, fall season. But now as we get into spring, things start getting a little bit lighter, right? Some more fruits and vegetables come out during this time of season. Um, and we're prepping our bodies for some cycling season has already started for me just kind of getting into it. So, um, those switches start to take place. Um, and that's kind of what this other cookbook that I have, um, here in place is getting those folks ready for, um, cycling season with those smaller snacks and meals that can, they can grab on the go because training picks up a little bit too, right? For some people who are endurance minded, so they need quicker things, but also um, still need those real foods yet to help them um, with whatever goals they're trying to accomplish. Well, I'm going to order that uh, tomorrow because that's <laughs> something that, <laughs> again, for me, it's all about the convenience and just mm-hmm. having a better option ahead of time. And yeah. This was actually on my radar a couple years ago. The last time I did bike MS, I just got tired of the <clears throat> the bubble gut after I was drinking um, whatever sport drinks it was and the gels and the the shot blocks <clears throat> and everything. And I just was sick of how I felt at the end of it. I didn't feel bad. I just it was like all that sugar. I just couldn't consume anymore and the this is probably four or five years ago and i just made a choice that i was going to carry nuts and fruit and some jerky and just water as much as i possibly could and it was one of my faster years and i felt great at the end of it and so it really started me thinking about like more natural sports nutrition mm-hmm yeah, I think a few things with gels and sports drinks, and, and they're all different, but sometimes where people do have issues, um, there can just be too much carb in your gut and it overwhelms your gut. And if you don't drink water with it, that's, I think, kind of what you're alluding to there. It's not every product. Um, products like Scratch Labs or Tailwind, they just craft it in a way Um that allows your gut to digest it and you don't have those issues, but there's other products out there um, like certain gels that can do that um, to your gut. Where on the other hand, um, real food, fueling with real food, like some of the, you know, the recipes in this, this new cookbook that I have, one thing just in general with real food is it has more water content in it, um, which helps um, you digest it a little bit easier. Um, a lot of prepackaged foods, like what do companies do to make, you know, to prolong the shelf life, they suck all the water out of it. So it's basically <laughs> like you're eating a brick, you know, cliff bars, I like to say, you know, I see a lot of people eating cliff bars. I, I never really opt for those because just imagine a brick sitting in your gut. Um, but on the other hand, you know, along, you know, you know, sometimes those store-bought items, they have those other additive ingredients in them too. When I'm making homemade real food to fuel my rides, I know exactly what's going in it and there's nothing else in there that's going to slow me down. So um, sometimes that can help with the digestive problems. There's a lot of science that goes in into that. I, we could probably talk hours. Um, on oh, that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but then I think, you know, to... Um, with with the real food as well is like 
it takes your body think of it more as like a slower drip of energy um, with that real food versus sometimes gels and like over concentrated carb drinks uh it like leaks through your gut too fast almost and that's where again you can have issues whereas real food it's just a slower drip of energy and your body can use it um, over time and you don't sometimes always have those uh, gut issues that you're talking about they're not pleasant yeah for sure Uh yeah (laughs) especially day two you know trying to get back on the bike it's just Mm -hmm. oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm i guess i'm lucky i've never really experienced uh those issues I've, i've heard stories and you know they don't sound fun so I like to opt for real food when I can. There is a time and a place for sports drink and gels. You just need to do your research on them um, as far as, you know, the carb concentration in them because all of them are different. Uh, but then also you can train your gut to, to handle more carbs over time mm-hmm. too. So sometimes um, it's just a matter of training your gut to be able to take in that many carbs over time as well too. <laughs> I like to say it's not summer until I've pooped with my helmet on <laughs> oh, wow. Either in a porta potty yeah. or, you know, some trail side, you know, mm. um, national park or state park restaurant. It's just like, <laughs> this is summer. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> safety first though, right? Yeah. Always wear a helmet. <laughs> not a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> been close dude never you know never crossed that line but it's been close uh yeah so before we hit record you were talking about uh your mission with kids i wanted to dive into that some more yeah so that sort of started when i was living in minneapolis too at the same time that I joined uh, the cycling club I was part of there and started participating in those events. Um, The coach, the director of that program, um, mainly led youth uh, programs. So at that same time that I was learning how to train and ride bikes myself, I threw myself into the whole coaching world because that just kind of had an interest to me and wanted to be a role model and leader um, in my community. And I was just kind of naturally drawn to it. I didn't go to school for it or anything like that. I went to school for, for marketing. That's what I do in my day job. It's a lot of what I do with bike goods right now. Um, but I started learning how to coach mountain biking and now I'm a BICP level two, um, mountain bike instructor, but I kind of, you know, started following, um, his name is Bruce, by the way, in Minneapolis, uh, for the, National Center for Youth Development is what he's uh, running right now today. But I just started following him along, um, shadowing him, I guess you'd say, uh, going to practices. Um, He'd take his kids out on trips. And I just immersed myself in this experience. And it was just one of the the coolest things. Um, So I wanted to continue to grow as a coach and a leader um, in the youth space. So about after a year of working with him, you know, getting certified, learning how to coach and work with kids. I had the opportunity to move out to Minneapolis with my wife um, during COVID. Uh, she found a job out here. So that was kind of our ticket. Um, I worked remotely and it just so happened at that same time that there was a head mountain bike coach for a youth program that's called Team Summit um, that was open. So I called them up. Uh, I got the job and I was just like, thrown right into it. And I'm working with elementary and middle school kids right now, getting them out on bikes, um, teaching them skills, right. Um, that, that even go beyond the bike and then just kind of building this community centered around biking, um, getting outside having fun, enjoying the mountains here. So it's something I continue to do, um, leading up to today, today, it'll be my third year um going into this season so i just have this passion uh to work with kids and give back to them um there's just something about it that keeps me young um they're just so simple and they can be entertained by rocks or sticks but you know i feel like 
myself I'm speaking about personally here, we just get so caught up in work and jobs and training, just live this very kind of like individualistic life. So um, the opportunity to kind of put all that aside and, you know, put those kids before myself is just eye opening for me. And I, I love doing it. Um, and I'll be doing it the, the rest of my life. So what I'm getting at here is with bike goods, um, first and foremost, it's like a, a cycling and nutrition company. Uh, main mission is to help youth live healthy, active lifestyles through cycling and nutrition enlightenment, enlightenment and just a community dedicated to supporting them. Um, towards a better future. So the way that I do that right now through Bike Goods is um, I sell different products and services like cookbooks, um, the meal plan that you've been talking about. I also sell some baked good boxes to local cyclists and other athletes, parents um, around here. And then I put a portion of sales, 10% of sales from those products and services to something I just earmark, I call it the bike goods cookie jar fund. Um, and I use that money to give back to um, other nonprofit organizations that are helping get kids out on bikes or helping uh, feed kids. Or I use some of that money to use myself personally to give back to our community. For example, tomorrow, actually, I'm going to Silverthorne Elementary School and we're going to be doing a little energy bar making class. So oh, cool. Be, yeah, it's I don't really know what to expect. It's going to be wild. It's going to be fun, but kind of just get, giving them, you know, a sense of like what an energy bar is, when to eat them and how to make them. Going to give them some ingredients, like a light recipe to follow. I'm sure, you know, a bunch of other things are going to happen in between there. Um, but that's, you know, like one way that I want to use bike goods by providing to, you know, different cyclists and community members around here, but then also using that as a way to fuel um, some of those programs for, for kids. So, yeah. I really admire that. And I couldn't imagine my life, Tyler, without the bicycle. If I had never been introduced to it and starting with my Mongoose BMX when I was a kid and my twin 10-speed varsity that I mowed lawns to get, I couldn't imagine my life today without bikes and mm -hmm. to introduce that to a kid, I think is one of the most important things. It's a, uh, you know, again, I don't need to tell people what bikes do for, for them or for me, but just the freedom and the, <clears throat> the joy, there's simply not a time I ride where I don't have a smile on my face at some point. Mm -hmm. um, and the other part of it too, as you're talking about working with the kids, uh, is it Jamie Oliver? He's the chef that he has the reality show where he goes into schools and teaches them how to cook. And yeah, I'm susceptible to the marketing, right? When I see mm -hmm. you know, watching hockey or football games, I see the Taco Bell commercials and all the other commercials for Doritos and everything. And, and I know I'm being sold to the kids don't. And so the mm -hmm. fact that you can offer them an alternative and just help them understand without um, where they can have control over what they eat, I think is phenomenal. Yeah, I, it is a big part of it. I think, you know, where habits most mostly form is at a younger age. So the sooner that I can help introduce the bicycle to them um, about building good nutrition and eating habits, um, the better off, you know, I'm trying to, I'm going to go to you, right. And Matt change this, do that. It, it might be a little harder, not saying it can't happen, but I think that's the opportunity where, you know, kids are just like sponges at that age too. So again, like to be that model for them, to show them I'm out on my bike. Um, not just, you know, for one, for like my physical health, also my mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, but then also, you know, I couldn't, ride my bike without fueling myself properly either. So to be able to kind of, you know, show that and be that role model for the kids is kind of my, you know, my goal there so that eventually they can be self-sufficient, you know, to 
knowing how to eat as well as like, here's how I go out and bike and, you know, the benefits of it. And also finding a community to ride with, because that's another big piece uh, behind it. So I consider myself super lucky uh, to be able to get out and bike, to have a bike, to have a good job, to be able to buy food. I know never, not everyone's as fortunate as me. So that's kind of how I, I like to use bike goods to make everything come full circle so that, um, like my vision statement says, fuel, fuel all walks of life for the ride of a lifetime. That, that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm slowly building here at Bike Goods. Well, kudos to you for devoting some time to do that, because there's a lot of people, <clears throat> and this is not throwing shade on them, that um, love to ride, but you know, wouldn't step up to do that. And I, I was actually offered a position or a, like a volunteer coach's position and I had to turn it down. I wanted to do it, but I looked at my schedule for the summer and my travel schedule and, um, couldn't fit it in. So I'm, um, quite impressed and thankful that you're making that sacrifice for these kids and, and the one to many effect of that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'll be the first, you know, it's, it's not easy, <laughs> Balancing a lot of um, things on my plate right now with a full-time job, uh, coaching Team Summit, leading that program, biked goods, and uh, wife and I are also expecting a baby here soon. So um, it's a lot to balance. And I know for me, myself, I need to work personally on giving myself some time outside of everything else that I have going on. And I know, you know, I need to dedicate a lot of my time I should always, but like to my wife and, and the baby coming here soon. So, um, I, you know, I need to find that balance too every once in a while. Um, but again, this is about, um, just being that role model, being an impact, you know, however I can, it might not always be the same every day, um, in and out, but as long as I can do one small, simple thing, um, each day to, to make a difference and, um, someone's life that that's really what it's all about. So I don't need to, to change the entire world, but as long as I can just make that one person, you know, help them learn how to ride a bike or provide them, um, with a snack to put a smile on their face. Uh, that's what keeps me going no matter how, or what kind of comes up in life. Where did that sense or that uh, duty of community and servanthood come from? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think when I, I got out of college, you know, figuring out what do I do next in life? And, you know, you kind of, you move and you get a full-time job, you have all these responsibilities and you're just like, what, what the heck, what am I doing with my life right now? Where am I going back? <laughs> you know, I started Googling and researching, what do I do? <laughs> um, <laughs> You got, you got to figure out yourself and, and make that time to figure out who you are and kind of what you stand for, what you value. So I think I, I just started with like listing out my values, my personal values. And it was always an ever-changing thing, but ultimately what it kind of came out to be was like health, community, adventure. Um, and then the other thing was just giving back. Um being, you know, a leader, like I keep saying here in my society, because I do consider myself very fortunate and lucky just with every, from where I got brought up in life to, you know, the jobs I've had to be able to have a home. I have a beautiful wife. I'm able to live here in Colorado. Um, so like, I'm, I'm just so fortunate and lucky. And like I, I told you before, I know people aren't as lucky or fortunate as me, like living in Minneapolis, you know, I not, you know, I saw some things, you know, and that just kind of put that spark in me to, you know, to do whatever I can to, to lend a helping hand. So even with bike goods, you'll see a lot of that kind of, um, service or community minded efforts behind it. I've, partner with smart bellies here which is helping provide snacks and meals to all kids um, in the county and they hand these out and i decided to 
bake some homemade cookies and include that in their boxes. And now that's become an annual thing where I do it each um, holiday. And then even when I was back in Minneapolis, the whole muesli thing we were talking about before, I just love muesli so much. And I wanted to share that with with other people. So I ran a fundraiser um, to raise some money. There's a local company there in Minneapolis called Seven Sundays that makes makes packaged muesli. Um, so raised the money, bought some bags of that, got a crew together, and we delivered those um, packages of muesli to every meal, which was helping feed uh, kids in need. Um, and then what I just started here last year in Breckenridge was the Feeling the Future fundraiser. Um, so that was group rides. I did a 12-hour ride to raise awareness um, for some of these local um, nonprofits and organizations that are helping get kids out on bikes, um, feeding kids, as well as helping um, on the mental health side of things. So we did all that, handed out some free baked goodies, raised some money, and I distributed that to, to Team Summit, which I coach for right now, um, to help with scholarships and give more access um, to kids who want to get out on bikes. I donated some money to Smart Belly so that they can continue to provide snacks and baked goods to um, their network of, of kids. And then Go For Graham is the other one. Um, their, their whole mission is shredding the stigma around mental health and they use um, just getting outside and physical activity as a way to kind of endorse that. And um, they provide other resources um, to help people with mental health, just building education um, and providing resources around that. So again, um, wanted to use, you know, bike goods as that way to um, help out those other organizations, um, especially for our youth. I know the go for Graham guys mm-hmm. and gals really well. They're a, they're a great squad. Um, I've raced cyclocross against a couple and just, a nice bunch, nice mm-hmm. bunch. And, yeah. uh, you know, as you were talking about the kids, uh, podcast I did with my friend Terry years ago, we talked about food insecurity mm-hmm. and, um, that was a thing for me as an adult because I had made some, uh, job choices that didn't pan out financially. And, um, had to really watch <clears throat> pennies, especially when, yeah, you know, as a single parent at the time, the kids weren't with me all that time. And I just, it, it took me a while to become aware of that, that I would uh, get paid when I finally got a full-time job and things were leveling out a bit that I had this habit of going to the store because I had money and I wanted food around and it mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, just be like, oh, I want this, I want that, I want that. And I'd come home with 120 bucks worth of stuff and probably 50 bucks worth of that was just crap. But I just mm-hmm. had the means to do that. And I couldn't imagine being a little one and trying to go to school and doing that hungry. And um, I volunteer at Food Bank of the Rockies. And I think, you know, if people's basic needs are met, then things are looking fairly okay. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, yeah, it's really commend you for, you know, focusing on what you focus on the mental health and the food part of it. It's, it's, it's massive. It can make a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I have down here, I don't, I've got to correct and see if I think 9 million children in the U S live in food secure food insecure homes. I think that was in maybe 2021. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that's something I always have been drawn to. I'm like, how, for me personally, if I didn't have, you know, my basic needs met or, you know, I couldn't afford the food that helps our engines run, right? Like how could I even, why, how could I even get out and bike or do something active? Like those sorts of foods that come say, cheaper or more affordable for those who say are on a budget or or can't quite afford it naturally end up being the more processed foods but what Mm -hmm. does that lead to a decline in energy obesity um 
kids can't perform as well in school because it's going to foggy up their mind. I know, you know, you even told me before, Matt, with the meal plan and focusing more on those real whole foods, how that kind of changed how you felt. Like, yeah, imagine a kid that goes through that for years, right? So that it's it's a lot of, you know, it's it's bigger than that. And there's a lot of other things that contribute it to it. But think back to what I was saying before, even if I can make that that difference in one kid's life who doesn't have access to, you know, all the types of foods that I'm able to eat, if I can just give them that opportunity, um, you know, to do, do the best I can to help and hopefully, you know, people start catching on with with the mission here and the vision behind bike goods and can start to to back that and we can start doing more things together to start um, attacking that problem more. I also think if more people rode bikes and looked at the stars, the the world would be a better place. So (laughs) (laughs) ride bikes and eat well. I mean, what else, Mm -hmm. what else do you possibly need? I mean, that's that, that happens during my day and, you know, and, and what your meal plan helped me understand is that it really is in my control and it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know I'm I'm just a fan. And like I said, it, it's it's taking me on this journey of diving into my how my brain works about habits and doing it when it's still not new and shiny. But for me, it was effective. I ran into somebody I hadn't seen for a while. She's so like, oh, you look like you lost weight. And it was I don't know, eight pounds over, you know, like a month, like a natural, I think a healthy, at least for me, weight loss and wasn't necessarily trying to lose weight. I just liked Mm -hmm. how I felt and I liked the simplicity of it and the predictability and um, yeah, I can't recommend it highly enough. And And it's, it's not a, it's not a product. What I liked about it is that it's your steering this you're involved you have ownership of it and i think that's why for me it was effective mm-hmm. yeah i think the most important thing you said there is how you felt right i don't mm-hmm. care about the weight loss like yeah that may be you know a thing that comes with it but as long as you're feeling good and feeling better have more energy that that really is the, the ultimate goal there Last question. What is your ultimate cheat food? Like if you're, (laughs) if you're either, you know, fighting the cold or you've ridden the 12 hour event and you can magic wand this, what is going to appear on your plate? (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) I I don't know. I, I wouldn't even say it's a cheat food, but I, I, have a soft spot for sweets and baked goods. Part of the reason bite goods, like I'll tell you, I have dessert about every night. Um, <laughs> so that, that could be my everyday cheat say meal, but it's probably not like the package thing of cookies that you may get from the store every night, but I do love my sweets at night, whether it's uh, some yogurt, fruit, homemade granola um also a big cereal guy sometimes at night too cereal milk chocolate chips peanut butter just mm. hits the spot um, <laughs> i'm trying to think of something else i don't know if it's a cheat food but what i loved after racing i think it was the breck epic here a couple of years ago they were making like these dill pickle sandwiches oh, um man. it was dill pickle and i don't know if they had anything else on it but i wanted to recreate that so i went back home got some bread dill pickles. I put some sweet potato chips on the sandwich too. Um, and then probably cheese is something like that. So just this big humongous sandwich of like salty, crunchy foods, you know, <laughs> and you're sick of eating sweet stuff during a race or whatever. So that hit the, that hit the spot. What um, kind of bread for that dill pickle sandwich? Dave killer's bread. I oh, eat yeah. that stuff all the time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> that sounds really good, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to put, I should put that together. Next recipe coming out for everyone. Yes. <laughs> that sounds incredible. Well, this has been great getting to know you and just um, also getting to know you through the the meal plan and the recipes and just uh, 
the the thoughtfulness and the curation of it it's it's something i have enjoyed and i'm gonna enjoy again <clears throat> gonna go shopping friday and get prepped for the week and <clears throat> i'll be here for a while and be back on it and mm-hmm. just looking to shake off the the travel penalty that i've had recently but mm-hmm. yeah things come in waves and yeah the goal is not perfection it's just to be slightly better yeah one percent better each day um yeah yeah uh, I'll post links to the site, but where's the best place for people to find the meal plans, the cookbooks? I'll link to all the other charities too, but where's mm-hmm. the best place for people to connect with you? Yeah, just go to bikedgoods.co. It's not com.co. So bikegoods.co. Um, you'll find everything on there. I have a little storefront with, with the cookbook, the meal plans, some cycling socks, and some stuff for locals here in Summit County, uh, as far as like baked goods deliveries um, go. Otherwise, I'm pretty active on Instagram and Facebook, mostly Instagram posting recipes and other things. Like you'll see some stuff tomorrow with that kids baking class. So um, <laughs> I can't wait. that'll be a fun one to see. And yeah, otherwise on the website too, I have a free membership club. It's called the Baking Bikers Club. You sign up, create a free account um, that gives you access to sort of a, a library of recipes that I posted in the past. And then I post the, about a new recipe um, each week and then also send updates on other things I'm up to um, put together some pretty comprehensive like e-recipe books too, compiling all my recipes. So if you kind of want to see everything um, from a full shot, that'll that'll all be in there as part of that uh, club membership too. Awesome. Well, thanks for making the time and I appreciate your patience and perseverance while we got this scheduled. So it's been uh, very enjoyable for me, Tyler. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity, Matt. Uh, Good getting to know you a little bit here, too. Um, Always here to help. If you have any questions, don't be afraid to reach out. (laughs) Need some help with the grocery shop creation, curation, some things like that. That, That's what I'm here for. So um, don't be a stranger. I will do that. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Matt. Episodes of this podcast are produced by me, Matt Sodnikar. Big thanks to Cole Weinman for the engineering of the intro. And thanks to Randy Weafe for Retro Funk, our theme music. And hey, I've got two requests for you. If you like this show, please share it with somebody, either through Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and show them how to listen to a podcast if they've never done it. And I know you know somebody out there that would be a fantastic guest. And please shoot me a note on Instagram at the Matt Sodcast and let's talk to them. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon.